I thought I was too clever for the system. Right? And they said, so by far, no, 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 like, couldn't be any further from the truth. But I was like, listen, my teacher's telling me, you've got to learn maths and English. And I'm like, you, you know, you're driving a Fiesta. I want a Ferrari. Why am I listening to you? That was um, you, right? Yeah, I was that kid. So, yeah, 100%. And listen, it's ruined my life ever since thinking that. Like, I just kind of felt like I'm never satisfied with wherever I'll be. I can just finish a big film and I go... Oh, well, it'd be much cooler if I could have done a bigger one. So there was this burning desire that I always thought, oh, I want to be on stage, or I want to do something in front of him, I want to show off. I'm a show off. That's yeah. the easiest way to put it. I was always a, a show off. What does enter your mind on a consistent basis, obviously, is crashing because you have anywhere between five and 15,000 people watching you and you're doing five shows a week. And there's so much riding on when you go out and do your thing. You're conscious not to hit something to, to crash at any point. And, and there, there's a mistakes were made. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. If I do something wrong, they're going to send me home. If I span in a routine, for example, I can say span the car. Yeah. I feel like I'm mortified because I feel like they're going to go, do you know what? Just shit, go home. When, if you see a guy pulling a petrol station in a Ferrari, not one person goes, oh, I bet he did good at school. <laughs> right? you go, I bet he owns a big company or yeah. I bet he's a footballer or, so, yeah. or, you know, I bet he's an actor or so. No one goes, oh, Oh, they worked really, really hard for that. Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Wheel, Behind the, Wheel um, the brainchild of my own love for cars, but also my desire to inspire other people who are looking to build a life around what they actually love doing. And in my journey, I've met so many amazing people. I've had like 50, 60 people on the podcast. Uh, met, I still meet people at events and and then came across your clients. And it's all changed now. <laughs> and now it's like, whoa, right? <laughs> it goes downhill from that. No, 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 no. I mean, honestly, I think um, I think I, I found you out through Sarah, I think, mm-hmm. Sarah Delaney. Yeah, maybe? Drive Tribe. Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, no, no, listen, you've got to speak to Nathan, man. Like, he's just a really cool guy and his journey has been absolutely incredible. And um, It's been interesting. It's been interesting. It's, it's but, been interesting. And the, the place I want to start, first and foremost, is, I mean, I'm sure everyone starts off here, but I'm going to start off here. Is obviously Fast and Furious. Um, yeah. Let's let's go there, man. Um, first of all, how did it come about? What's the story behind that, man? Talk to us. Do, do you know what? It was uh, the weirdest twist of fate, if I'm honest with you. Right. Um, I'd been uh, stunt driving and, and various different forms of motorsport instructor for probably nudging 15, 16, 17 years. So that right. the base of the most of my career since I was sort of 16 was working at uh, events places, teaching right, motorsport. Right, okay. uh, with Fast and Furious, I actually heard of, of the audition call for Fast and Furious uh, through a good friend of mine, uh, Shane Lynch. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shane, so a big yeah. car guy as well. We were actually out. Uh, he'd heard about the audition call and said, I think this, you, you should go for this. Yeah. Uh, I made the call. Got the first audition and it was very X Factor ish. You go into a series of knockouts, if you like. So you do an audition. Really? You then wait, uh, honestly. And that wait period bet- between each audition is the most, it's like the hardest thing you could ever go through. Is it, is it, is it how I'm imagining it? You literally driving a car around and you're basically showing off your skills and. Pretty much. Uh, what, what, certainly, the, the I've got. Well, it's going back a few years now because this was 2017. Right. Uh, okay. 2017 was the auditions, and we officially started, and we went into three months rehearsals in 2017. Then it was all of 2018. Right. But it was. Um, it so there was a series of auditions to start with. It's 
you, you're effectively pitching yourself that this is what I do. I yeah. can, I'm capable of doing these moves and this is my experience level. Yeah. If you made it through that and they liked you, um, you moved to an next, which was a driving audition. I think I then went into one or two different driving auditions, but they were full days of driving. And, and essentially what they do is they give you a, uh, a, a, a routine to follow. So here's a series of moves oh, that we want right. you to do up here, do this, J-turn, okay, okay, okay. handbrake turn, perfect 180, yeah, series yeah, of moves. Yeah. Learn that, and then you're you're in the car in a minute, and then you've got to drive it. And there's you're you're effectively scored on, or you're judged by a choreographer. So your ability to learn that routine, because that's really important when you're actually driving in a live show, that yeah. you can adapt to that routine, and you can learn and listen. If you can just go out, you know, and do one handbrake turn, that's no good to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're also uh, by your head driver, so he's looking at your driving skills. Then you're also judged by the mechanics on your vehicle sympathy. There's no good if you're going to go out. Those cars have got to last 500, whatever it is, 100 shows, etc., and with as minimal damage because it's a touring show. Oh, of course. So if you're flat to the boards, if you can make it do it without so much stress on the car, yeah. that's a really big thing for a live show. Killing rubber, I guess. and yeah, That's it. And drive shots. You see, there's a lot of people that, that can make cars do things, but they're incredibly brutal. And that comes yeah. with a lot of experience, I guess, is... It's kind of key with a lot of these things. And that, what what cars are we are we are we till you talking about that you're having to? My auditions was it was actually really funny. So the, uh, as, as most I think everyone did that got through the auditions were in your rear wheel drive was a Mark II Escort Rally, uh, like a, it was spec'd out for yeah. Rally, and this was at a, at a Rally school right near Silverstone. Right. And and I'll be honest with you, I, I I don't think they'll take me in saying this, and all the other drivers will agree. This thing just it didn't have enough power to pull skin off rice pudding. <laughs> it was it was really gutless. Uh, so it was hard trying to do that with some make it do some donuts with with vehicle sympathy and something that's got nine horsepower. Um, I've driven more powerful lawnmowers. Honestly, it was uh, it was embarrassing. Um, but the other one was uh, the front wheel drive was all done in a rally spec Nissan Micra. Weird enough. Oh wow! So uh, was it was it was it the same car for each each? Yeah, uh, yeah, and what they do is so you you so you come in for your audition. They give you the the spec of what they want you to do. They give you a routine. You learn that routine, and then you go out and drive. You're judged. You get out, and that's your go over effectively. There's not two runs. You have a go, and then but they don't tell you if you've done well or not. So you you have you, a you're just oh, excruciating pain, just waiting like awful. Like yeah, yeah, awful. Yeah. It's the hardest, uh, the, the hardest bit is because like, you know, like anything, if you're, you're passionate about it, you're, you'll always be self-critical. Yeah. So as soon as you get out, I could have been better there. I could have been yeah. tighter there. I could have done this better. So you're, you're instantly thinking I could have done better. And you want to tell them that they're yeah, not interested. Yeah, they moved yeah, on to yeah, next, yeah, but you've yeah. had, you've, you've driven. We know what we've, yeah. and you've got to, your, your hands, you're in the lap of the gods, but they also, they're experts in their field. So you kind of have to rely on the fact that they know that if you messed up a little bit, but they know you, listen, he pulled that back. He knows what yeah. he's doing. Where does, where does that love come from, Nathan? I mean, that love, for, I guess, I mean, you're obviously performing. You're obviously, um, you obviously know the car quite well. You know what you're doing. Where does that desire for perfection kind of come from? Especially with, with regards to stunt driving or, you know, that, 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 that kind of arena, if you like. Old age. It's, uh, I started when I was six years old. I started driving. Six. Six years old. Uh, I was, I was blessed that my dad had a little bit of land. Yeah. And so, uh, about a little bit, he had a, an old field, like a paddock area. And he said, uh, 
he bought a uh, Fiat 126 for me. Do you remember the little old bubble cars? Yeah. Try, look, yeah. The, 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 the four months, the Fiat 500 were the very yeah. old, old, old model of that. Yeah. And, and he taught me to drive at six years old and I was bumming around in that. And it kind of progressed. It, it, it never went. And I think if you learn something from an early age, it becomes just in you. It's, it's part of your DNA growing up so that you, it was just something I did. Now, I, again, my dad did all the mechanics and everything. So I still have no passion whatsoever for the mechanical side of cars. Right. Okay. Uh, Lift uh, the bonnet up and. Yeah. yeah. It's just, oh, well, there's a big block yeah. of metal under there, uh, <laughs> which is ironic. A lot of people think I'll be, you know, I'll be in, in, infused by an engine, but yeah. I, I literally have no care as long as it does what I want it to do. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, that's yeah. where from a driving point of view, that's where it came from. And I was from there and it just built over the years and. And then how did that play out as you were growing up? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about my own journey. And, you know, when, when I was growing up, there was almost a prescribed route to what success meant. It meant go to school, get an education, get some good grades, go to university, get a degree, get a job, have kids, have a, get a mortgage. There, there was that kind of set route, right? But I guess for you, I mean, was it, was it, did that, was that in your head at any point? Well, I, like that's what most of my friends did. That's what everyone yeah. kind of did. I think I've always, and I run the risk of sounding like. Can I swear on this? Yeah, of course you can. I run yeah, the yeah. risk of sounding like a, a bit like a dick, right? <laughs> but I, and I don't mean it. But I, I um, I, I just kind of felt like I wasn't suited to that. Like I, I, I got to do something bigger. Like this, this. I, I want to. You felt that? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I still do. I still, I still do it. So I'm, I'm never satisfied with wherever I'll be. I can just finish a big film and I go, oh, it'd be much cooler if I could have done a bigger one. So, so there was this burning desire that I always thought, oh, I want to be on stage or I want to do something in front of everyone. I want to show off. I'm a show off. That's exactly yeah. Do you know what? That's yeah. it's the easiest way to put it. I was always a, a show off. Um, I was always the loud one in the bunch, the joker, the loud one in the bunch. Um, and, and, and I'm still exactly the same as that. And so I don't, it, I never ended up going down that route because I was never in a situation where I thought, okay, I'm ready to, in my mind, if I settled down and had kids at that point, I go, well, I'm not, I've not got where I want to. So that will, that will stop me getting where I want to. Wow. That's big. On the flip side, I'm now turned 40 years old and I go, oh, my friends go, yeah, you got the best life in the world. And I go, you got a wife and kids. Like I, I never did that stuff. You've got it much better than I have. You know, so it's a little bit of a context, right? Yeah, yeah grass yeah. is always greener. Yeah, but. yeah. Oh man, that is that is unbelievable. So you were growing up with this kind of this 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 desire, this need almost mm. to try to perform and 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 I suppose go against the grain, right? That's exactly it. Go against yeah. the grain. Yeah. And the more someone told me you couldn't, the more I would do it. Seriously. Uh, yeah, massively. So, and I'm still like it now. And, you know, and it's anything, right? So if I happen to be out drinking and I'm a hundred percent of whatever I do is the other thing. So if, if I'm, if I'm driving, uh, that's, that's, I'm a hundred percent in that for filming. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent dedicated to that, but I'm the same if I'm partying. So if I'm partying, I'm a hundred percent of that. And if someone's right, the pub's closed now, we've got to go home. If I'm not ready to go home. Uh, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll, yeah. Like, right, we're going to let's let's go to the airport. Then let's go, you know, let's go France. Or I, I want to do some. Uh, like, yeah, I'll push yeah, the boundaries yeah. on everything. What's your something. What's your earliest memory where that where that was kind of epitomised? Or oh, good question. Um, I suppose I I also had a little motorbike. 
Right. So, and, which I still got to this day. You I still got Still that. got a little pooch 50. Um, and it was riding around the garden and trying to get faster and faster and thinking if I could, uh, in my head, I'm th- if I went round the corner, yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, but I could go faster. And if someone said to me, you know, my mum would say, slow down. I think, why? Like, but I could do that quicker. I think I can do that yeah, quicker. Yeah, and yeah, I'd do it yeah. till I fell off. Almost because I had to prove it to myself, and that's where it's probably now. It's probably ADHD. I look at it and go, oh, "I'm poster child for ADHD." Then I, I, if you told me I could, uh, you, you could drive around this corner, you can't go more than thirty miles an hour. I go, "But what happens if you do it at forty? And I have to, <laughs> even if I crash, I have to do it. And they go, "That's what happens." If you tell me, I go, "Yeah, but I don't believe you. I need to do it." So it's a, it's a weird habit, nice. to, it's a nice. weird trait to have, I'm sure. And and how has that how has that played through in your in your career? Um, or like in terms of like when you look back at your life now and where you are right now, ooh. like how would you say that's kind of played out to help you get to where you are today? Uh, the honest answer is I don't know because once I think when you're in it and it's it's just your life just, that you yeah. don't really think. I, I've never kind of sort of analysed that. I've never thought that deep about it. It's just yeah, what I do. Yeah. I guess. It's the thing that I'm thankful for is it's got me in some unbelievable places that where I grew up, I'm just a boy from a small village just outside of Brighton. And yeah. I, the, the places where I've been and working with Vin Diesel and Tom Cruise and things like that, that I've, I shouldn't have done that. So that's always been a thing that I've like, I've managed to be here. Like I'm, I've been to some amazing things and, and, and done some amazing things that yeah. I shouldn't have ever done in my head. So I'm kind of thankful, but it, ne- it never feels like it's my life. I always go, yeah, but it's not my life. I'm just, uh, I've just been lucky enough to, be, I feel like I've, is it imposter syndrome? Was, I've that, sneaked that's in there. That's come to my mind. Like I've, I've, you know, when I, when I look back at some of my biggest achievements, um, I often think, yeah, it was, it, it was maybe just luck. Maybe it was just, you know, um, something else someone else was just luckily happy to help me at that point in time wasn't got it's got nothing to do with me right um so with you yeah you hit the nail on the head that's exactly how i feel yeah 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 but the one thing i've learned with then all the people that i've known and from famous people very successful people famous people uh, that that everyone feels the same and i didn't realize that that they're like so you know i've got friends in bands and they go so we were we're the best things we weren't the best dancers we did it we did it well and we did it right and and we we stuck. It, it took off, which I think is incredible. Because I was like, Nah, you 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 feel like I feel. That's, that's yeah, incredible. I thought yeah, I was yeah, yeah, sneaking yeah. to be in there, but they're like, Yeah, no, I'm the same. And you know, they they might have been hanging out with the next level of you know, they might have hung out with Michael Jackson or something and gone, yeah. Oh, I shouldn't be here doing that. But I'm like, You should be. I shouldn't be hanging out with you. It's it's yeah, a weird yeah, sort of yeah, you know, yeah. it's just it's just levels. They're just a level up or, or several yeah, levels up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. That was a slight attraction on my behalf, but mm. going back to uh, Fast Furious, right? Yeah. So obviously auditions, um, excruciating pain, waiting. Yeah. What, what happened? So they, so you, essentially, from memory, there was about three weeks in between doing an audition and then finding out if you got through to the next level. Right. Which okay. they were the bits I was saying. That's that, that's the hardest bit because you don't. There's no. Oh, you did really well. We'll be in touch. You you just thanks for coming. Bye. And you, so you're spending three weeks going, I bet I could have done better there. I should have done this. It's agonizing, isn't it? I mean, oh, 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 it was, it was hard because it's your dream gig. Um, and weirdly enough, 
although it's your dream gig, you, you we kind of realised the size of it to a degree. And I think I speak on behalf of all the all the drivers that got the gig. There was there was ten of us drivers. One of the drivers, Chris Burns, was already our head driver, so he was he was one of the people who were assessing us. So it was nine of us essentially when I got the gig. And I think all of us would feel the same that you. It's we didn't know. We knew it was a big thing because it's fast and furious. We didn't know how big it was going to be. And it, uh, that kind of sunk in when we did the O2 arena. Because uh, still, we did three months of rehearsals before that. I, oh, I, right. I, I tend to, to, to sidetrack and go off. But three months of rehearsals, once we got the call and, and said, you're, you're in, yeah. we go straight into an army barracks and you're, and you're locked off into this army barracks. Oh, man. Uh, up near Peterborough, out that way, Cambridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they put us into these luxury log cabins that were out in the middle of nowhere. And then we were just taken to an army barracks every day for rehearsals. And, and it was very, very surreal. Very, uh, so cool. Like, yeah, I can't yeah, tell you how yeah, cool yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, you're doing driving all day and you're hanging out when you've now got 10 mates that are, you're, you're, all of you are going through the same thing that you're like, should I be here? What's, what's going on? Are you good? Are we there? Yeah, you're all sussing yeah, each other yeah. out and, and you're all going through this weird world. And then all of a sudden you're put out and we're doing the O2 arena. And I think there was on the first show of premiere, Vin Diesel was there. Um, oh, wow. There's, I think 15,000 people and, mm. and it's, you're, you're, you're standing in the O2 arena that, you know, I've, I've been there to watch, you know, not, uh, not to actually be a performer. Yeah, yeah. And you're backstage and you're going, they take you into, there's like a secret bar room. They take you in and you go into a room similar to this. And then you go through a secret door that's in a bookcase and there's a bar in the back. And, oh, man. and you're like, imagine the stuff that's gone on in here with rock bands. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, this yeah. is so cool. Just for, for those who don't know, um, the mm. Fast Furious show, I mean, just just talk us through what it is and the kind of relationship between that and obviously the, the, the actual movie franchise that we all know and and, 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 and love. Yeah, sure. So uh, essentially, the, the, the brainchild of this was a guy called Roly French. Uh, he was a producer for Top Gear. And he also was the main man for Top Gear Live. Right. He essentially came up with the idea to do Fast and Furious Live. And that was the, the concept is to take cars from the movies. So the, at, the, at the time, there was eight films out. Uh, take the cars from, or particular cars from the movies, the iconic ones, recreate scenes from the movies, but in a live arena. Oh, wow. So it was, uh, it was weird. What made it weirder was it was, a very interactive show so the crowd could get involved with certain things. But the floor, it had a 3D, I can't remember how they call it, like a 3D projection system. So the back wall had doors in it that we would drive in and let those doors what? open. But say it was picturing a, a car driving out the movie and it's driving, then all of a sudden it's coming and it gets to the screen. The door opens and we actually drive out in that car. Oh, and that man. mapping comes onto the floor. So it looks like it could be the desert. It could be a car park. If you're doing oh, Tokyo man. Drift, it looks like a giant car park. Um, but very, very cleverly done. Wow. Uh, so it was kind of a groundbreaking show. So for us as drivers, we were, it was, it's, it's incredible for me. We're all of a sudden signed to Universal Studios because that's their number one brand. Yeah, yeah, so we're signed yeah, to yeah. Universal Studios and to, uh, Fast Life Productions. And it, uh, honestly, it, it was mind blowing. The show was yeah. incredible. And Roly's got this, uh, this you can see why he's so successful in his job. He's got the most creative mind you've ever met, like you've you've ever come across in your life. Yeah, 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 and yeah. nothing's too much. And, and I could see so much of Top Gear in him that he would. When you watch any of the Top Gear stuff, you see the guys and they go, "Let's do something," and it's crazy. You think who came up with that? He's the same. You'd be doing something. You go, "Yeah, but what if we did that? But we do it on the moon." <laughs> and he's deadly serious. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You'll find out a way to do it. But that's what I want. And and he's he was a genius at that, which. For us, it was he was pushing the boundaries all the time because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that show's very because uh, it's an arena show. 
the floor space for a driver is really, really small. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, does 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 danger ever come into your mind? Like, I mean, does that even does that even enter it? <laughs> does it? No, 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 danger not so much because it's it's actually very it's technically it's very, it's fast for inside that arena. If you're sat in the car, you're like, oh wow, that's quick. Uh, but it's technically it's not very quick. It might be you know, thirty miles an hour. But it feels um, a lot faster because it's inside because yeah. it's confined. Yeah. What does enter your mind on a consistent basis, obviously, is crashing because you have anywhere between five and 15,000 people watching you and you're doing five shows a week. And there's so much riding on when you go out and do your thing. It never didn't become nerve wracking that you're going out and all these people are watching and every audience is different. You're doing all these different, you know, countries and cities. So you're conscious not to hit something to, to crash at any point. And, and there, listen, mistakes were made. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Usually by me. Um, <laughs> but that that was your main thing. Certainly not. Uh, uh, yeah, not not in terms of am I going to get hurt. Yeah, I'm more yeah, concerned yeah. about am I going to hurt the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nursing it through. A lot of the times, there's things that people don't see from the front end. Is that you could the, the the car may have a big issue, but that car has to go out in that scene. So you're there with the mechanics and they're saying nurse it through. This is what you've got to do. Oh, you can't wow. you can't use the handbrake in this thing. But oh, it has man. to be something like that. So you're going out and you can come off set. You, so you can come backstage mortified. I've had times where I've come back and I'm kicking the door and I'm, oh, I'm never doing yeah. this again. I'm raging because, and they're like, the, the, the person watching doesn't have a clue. They, they had no idea about that. That you, yeah, I, yeah, I knew I was supposed yeah, to be yeah. donut in there. I couldn't get the car to do it or whatever. And they're like, no, no one knows that. But you want to do your best every time, right? Yeah, yeah, So that's yeah, the yeah. bit that's hard. But I had other times where you come off it and you're jumping up and down, you're, you're this is the best thing in the world. Yeah, I'm yeah, amazing. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, that's shit. Crazy. It's amazing that's, how a twist of fate is. Absolutely amazing. I mean, that, that idea of, you, know, you mentioned before about how, you know, even, even when you were a kid, you know, you want to kind of always kind of push things to the extreme, right? Yeah. And, and always see what you could try and what you could do. Um, back when you were a kid, um, that idea of, uh, it, 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 it seems like you're someone who is able to take fear and take being scared and kind of almost kind of put it into a box and kind of say, well, that, that is still that, but I'm still going to go and do it. Like, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I, weirdly enough though, I'm, it's only in certain things. I'm, I'm not very good at sort of, the fairground rides. I'm. I'm not. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a massive adrenaline junkie. Is what I'm getting at. Really? Weirdly enough. Um. But I am. If it comes to something with an engine, that's that's the weird really? thing. If it's got an engine, I'll instantly try to give it max. I'll instantly want to see what it can do. Uh. And whether uh, slightly deviate off. I was I was filming a show for a while. Uh, myself and Shane were presenters of a sh- uh, show called um, My Dream Machine, and we had guests on. And the guy with the world's fastest shed came on. A guy called Kevin Nix, lovely guy, but he's also made um, like a mobility cart that wheelies everywhere and everything. Oh my! And uh, the world's fastest wheelbarrow, and and he said the, like the world's fastest wheelbarrow sound. I was like, give it me, I'm off, and, and I instantly can't help but give it death everywhere. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah, kill yeah. myself on the but if it didn't have an engine, I wouldn't. I, I'd be like, no, no, not interested at all. And, I, and, so and if it went more than five miles an hour, I'd probably be shit scared of it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If yeah, it's got yeah. an engine, I'll go balls to the wall in it. Yeah, if yeah, if it yeah. hasn't, I, like a fairground round or something like generally I'm like, no, I don't like that. It scares yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, like, do you know what it probably is? It's a control freak thing. 
Oh, because because now you're in control now. So yeah. you you feel like um because I'm in control, I'm I, I feel more more confident. As soon as you put the control on someone else or a machine or something else, it's like oh god, I don't. I, don't I did horse riding. Went horse riding. Yeah, and I, and I was petrified because. I'm like, if this thing wants to run, it's going to run. I can't do, I can't, like, I know what to do. They're telling me to pull the reins. Yeah. But if it wants to run, I, like, I can't stop it. I, I, they tell me that's what's going to happen if I do it. But, and so I, but you don't trust it. Yeah. yeah. So, but where, if, if it was a car, I'd go, cool, let's go. And instantly out the box, go, all right, let's see what this has got. And not be scared in the slightest because yeah. I know I can press the brake pedal when it wants. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's probably a bit of it. It's been a little bit of a control freak somewhere along the line. Fair enough. Um, the the uh, with, with regards to Fast Furious, I mean, you, you said that you were doing um, in the lead up to having that call uh, from Shane and, and and being told, look, there's an opportunity here. Just just talk us through what what were you doing before that? So I spent uh, when I was sixteen, I went and did a I'd, I'd done obviously driven around the fields, I'd done a lot of karting, uh, so I've been driving for for a long time. But by the time I was sixteen, yeah, uh, I went and did uh, one of those experience days. It was a four wheel drive day. It was with the owner of this said company, Scordy and Wright Organisation. Weirdly enough, I, I ended up working until I've been up north now and been doing a lot of uh, movie stuff. I still speak to them on a regular basis, but I actually work for them. Whenever I can, I'll go and do a day with them because I really enjoy it still to this day. I'm 40 now. Um, but they, I, I went, it was with Ian, the right, uh, so not the footballer, a different, yeah. different Ian Wright. And he's a master of anything off-road. He's the world champion of trials, cars, sporting trials, etc. And... Oh, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I'd love to do this. And he was like, we need a Saturday boy. I was like, hello, can I do it? And I went and did Saturdays and, and I thought I knew everything still because, you know, I, I could drive. And I was generally, I was, you know, cleaning the cars and quad bikes and things there, fueling them, that sort of stuff. And a lot of the guys were ex, they did a lot of rally there and they were ex rally drivers from like good top rally drivers from like the late seventies, early eighties, things like that. And they just schooled me. Like, I remember going against the guy called Monty Peters, and it was the first time I really got schooled. And he said, follow me. We went around this uh, stage, if you like, but it's sort of more of a circuit. And it it was raining, and he just went into this corner, and he just drifted off, and it was beautiful. And I went straight on into all these tires. I came back on. He he just overtook me, and I was like, oh, I've got so much to learn. And it kind of grew from that. And then before you know, once you then sort of got good, and then you started teaching for them, We'd go to other companies and then you get a call from uh, I don't know, Brands Hatch. And we've got a day here. Can you come and help us? <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, right. Sorry, I'm losing my voice today. It's right. Right. It's right. um, it's right. So they said, like, Brands Hatch, we've got a couple of days for you. Would you do this? And Milbrook Proving Ground and so on. So and you so were just both. like rotating around. Yeah, and- I, was, I was a freelance instructor, effectively, for a bunch of different events companies in the UK. And that could lead me into uh, one day I'm doing working for a company stunt drive uk and i'm doing thousands of donuts in a day and thousands of handbrake turns in a day and the next day i'm doing rally driving somewhere you know in scotland and so uh, what it did me really good stead was i had i was master (laughs) jack of all trades master of none i could uh i never technically competed in one area but it gave me a good stead you can give me anything and i'll make it work so a lot of people struggle with the difference with with precision driving and stunt driving is oh, you must be a racing driver. Racing drivers notoriously struggle with anything that loses grip because they've spent their entire career not losing grip, being mm-hmm. particularly gentle with the car, mm-hmm. you know, not letting it, not being aggressive with any of the moves. Whereas we're, okay, stamp on the clutch, but a yank the handbrake, flick the steering, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, we're doing yeah, yeah. The, the polar opposite. So I was very lucky that my entire career, 
almost pointed me towards doing Fast and Furious, although I never had any clue that a job like that even existed. Because to to, to go down that road of kind of just constantly waiting for the next, the next gig, the next piece of work, I mean, that, I mean, that, in a world where, you know, um, the idea of stability and the idea of knowing when your next paycheck will come and like, that must be so tough. With, with the instructing, it was, uh, uh, you, you end up sort of, you end up with a bank of people that you work for. Don't get me wrong. It's, you know, everyone wants you on a Wednesday and you've never got a job on a Friday or whatever. It can be like that but because you're on a day rate for everyone. Um, the, the biggest issue you have with it that I found instructing is all right because you will always have gigs. It's, you know, to me, it's like any other job. Yeah. There was always people need, you know, whether you're an electrician, you'll always get a day's work here and yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, well, I did find where when once you got to the next level. So once I did Fast and Furious, that was great because that was a full time gig. So I, right. I was I was a paid driver, and that's all I did was turn up, do those shows, stay in the hotel, fly to the next country, do a show, and so everything was done. And that was your first kind of like full time. Full time. I'd done some TV shows and bits, okay. but but they were again, you know, we've got a week on this TV yeah. show for you. Yeah. And this was my first. I'm now a paid driver. I'm just yeah, doing yeah, that yeah, as a gig. Uh, and just driving, not instructing, you're just driving. There's only, really enough, when one of the coolest things that has ever happened was when Chris Byrne said to us, like, welcome to the club. And we was like, what do you mean? And he's like, you're, you're part of a handful of paid, paid drivers in the world. So a lot of people that are paying to drive that are even in Formula One. You're, you're now a paid driver. Um, which was like, you know, it's one of those that sticks in you. You're like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I've made it. Yeah. 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 Listen, don't worry. It all got taken away from me quick enough, but yeah, you're, yeah. you're like, oh, I've made it, which was, that was incredible. The only problem you have then is once you reach that level, you're obviously taking a back step if, if to do anything else. So I didn't want to go back to instruct. I'm not saying for, for anyone that the instructing is a lesser step. For me, once I got into being able to just drive and do that, I, I didn't want to have to sit in the passenger seat all the time. And so it was difficult then. You've done something so big as Fast and Furious that then you're going, well, I don't want to, uh, why is the phone not ringing? Why am I not getting the next Fast and Furious movie? Happened, yeah? yeah, absolutely. After that, I um, after the show ended, which you can touch on more if you like. But once that so that the Fast and Furious gig ended, I, I think like all of us, we were like, okay, what what's next? What's going to happen for me now? And I'm going to start getting phone calls, and yeah, I'll get I, yeah. I'll get I'll get all these movies, yeah. and it doesn't happen. You sit there, and three months later, I was like, geez, no one's phoning me. So luckily enough, I actually spoke to a company. Uh, and a stunt coordinator who was in a show in China. Right. And he was like, we, we really want you in China. So I actually moved to China for six, seven months. I was in the live show in China for seven months. Yeah. Oh, man. So I, I was lucky. I got to keep driving every day. I was doing two shows a day out there. And 6,000 people a show. It was, what, it was a big gig. What kept you going for that, for that, for that three months? I mean, what, what, from a, from a mindset perspective, what is it like that kind of just kept you waking up every single day and, and keep on, keep on going? We did, I, that was probably the lowest bit I've ever had because I was, you, because you you've come from being in something so big and you realize, Oh, actually, no one gives a shit. The show was famous. You're not. Like, you were just in this big show, and it was good for your ego. But all of a sudden, it was all taken. You go, okay, but you, you're you still, like, it's tough because you're like, are the phones going to ring? But right? you, it, 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 Yes. Because, like, suddenly you you define, you, you look at yourself as the person who did this amazing thing, and mm. you are defined by that. Suddenly, you take that away, and it's like, well, who am I? 
Like, 100%. You know, if you were to take the acting out of George Clooney or whatever, right? Yeah. You know, how would George Clooney feel if he hasn't, if he, if he, if he, if he's no longer acting? And that's why I think people just keep on going because they, they take some pride in, in, in what they're doing. And suddenly you take that away and it's like, well, who the hell am I anymore? You know? Yeah. And you, you'll spend that three months flies because you'll spend most of your time that you're looking for validation from other people and you're going, where's Sam? What do you do? I've just finished the tour. I, I, the, 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 it's, you know, I'm, I'm in Fast and Furious Life. It's, uh, you, before you know it, you're a month in, but you're not doing that gig anymore, but you're still living off that. Like, you know, you're still, oh, well, everyone's, that's really cool. And you're kind of almost getting the ego stroke that you want. Yeah. But you're going, actually, I don't know when my next gig is, but you're still in your head. Well, I, I should be going on something big here. But yeah. you're waiting for the phone. Yeah, but it's going to happen. So I don't want to go and get an ordinary job because... I'm not going back to being I've, ordinary. I like, did that. I yeah, mean, like, you know, yeah. that's that's the biggest thing ever. Yeah, where's like, the phone call? Why yeah. am I not getting, like, Martin Scorsese ring me and say, yeah. we've got a huge film for you. Yeah. And, and it is a bit weird that, when I say it's uh, ego, I don't think it's necessarily ego. It's that you just feel like, oh, I've got to this level and this is huge. Oh, and you the imposter syndrome, you feel like, well, maybe I shouldn't be here. And then it's taken away from you, like, Dude, what's going on then? I thought anyone that made it this far, you still get a load of like, you'll be getting the phone ringing off the hook. Yeah. And it just wasn't. Um, don't get me wrong, I had the offer. A lot of people wanted me to go and instruct at places because it was still a big name that was involved with me on Fast and Furious yeah. cars. But I was trying not to do that. I still wanted to go, no, I want to go into, oh, I'm doing movies now or I'm in another big live show. The problem that I found was th- that was the biggest driving show on the planet. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, so that was the biggest driving show on the planet. There wasn't another show like it. So you're in your head, you're, well, I'm going to go into another thing. What? Because there isn't one. So yeah, you would be yeah, perfect yeah, if yeah. there was one. And luckily I managed to slip into one, but it meant going to China. Yeah, um, and that's yeah. where it then becomes, I did, I, I was, so as I said, well, like my closest friend is Shane from Shane Lynch. Yeah. He was very, very supportive with me. Like he kept me very busy. He was moving house at the time and he was like, right, you're coming with me. So we were tripping up and down here, moving house and stuff. Um, because he knew what he was like. He was one of the only people I could really combine it. The- he, he must have had some level of that, that pain you were going through. Uh, you must you must have been able to empathise with that in some way, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he knew. He taught me a lot. Everything from down to what to be like in in interviews because I'd I'd never done that. And then all of a sudden you're stuck in doing press days, and I was like, "What is a press day?" And then yeah, uh, the next yeah. minute you've got all, all these different media outlets, and you don't know what to say and what not to say. And uh, so yeah, he gave me yeah. a lot of advice. But he's also, you know, he's he's had, you know, he's in one of the biggest boy bands that's you know the country's been. Yeah. So he's had the highs and lows. So he he yeah, got where yeah, I was yeah. going, and he knew if I just wallowed in it and don't go and get another gig, that's you, you need to put your finger out and you got to go work. Like, if he if he wasn't around, right? If he wasn't within your network, where do you think? What do you think might have happened? Job center. <laughs> I think I, I, I do. I, I do push right. Um, one thing that I will always say that in my defence of any of those things is, if I say I'm going to do something, like I'll go out and try and make it happen. I like. I'm not scared. Like to go. Oh yeah, right, I'll go and get this gig in China. And the, the, the closest I got to China is a bit of Chinese food. <laughs> you know, that's I've had a takeaway a few times. It's a few too many times actually. Um, but I just I, uh, so I'll always go and do it. But I, honestly, I, I think. I would have wallowed in self-pity that why aren't I, why am I not getting what I feel yeah. I should deserve at this point? And, and I don't mean that to come across in an arrogant way because it wasn't, I, I, oh, I, I deserve something that. big. It was just that, oh, I, I was good at this job 
And yeah. I loved it. And I would have done anything to keep it. And now it's been taken from me. And I'm like, why? I, you know, I was almost like yeah, a, a like, yeah, it was like yeah. a naughty kid. If you, if you were a kid that's, you know, they, they've been really good, but then you've taken their toy away from them. And they're like, why? I did everything you told me to do. So it was, it was, it was kind of hard to swallow. Yeah. There's a, there's a really good book I've finished reading. Um, yeah, I'm guessing you've seen Friends, right? Mm. Um, the guy plays yeah. Chandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Matthew a lot of dream Perry. problems. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. But he was like, <coughs> excuse me. Um, he he finished the last episode of Friends, and he went back home, and it went crashing downhill because suddenly he was the person that was in the biggest TV show ever made, and still is, and that was taken away from him. And suddenly it was just like, who the hell am I anymore? I'm I'm not I'm not Chandler, right? I'm not this superstar anymore. And he, he just talk he, he he talks people through it, and it just sounds like something that was in a very loose way. But it's not like that. That's what you went through as well. Do you know, it's um, I remember one thing that stuck in my mind with it. I was I was gigging in China, and and the boys and lads were on their world tour, and they were doing a farewell tour. It's their twenty fifth anniversary. Their farewell tour. They were doing Hong Kong. And that was an hour on the train from me. So Shane rings me up and he's like, "We're we're in Hong Kong tonight. Come see us." So I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was due to go the next day anyway, but I'm sure I was like, right, I'll get there. Yeah. I managed to get on this train, got down there. And and we was all drinking and, and it turned into a big messy party, as you can imagine. But uh, Keith Duffy, one of the yeah. other uh, lads, and, and, and I'm very close with Keith as well. And Keith said something really interesting me, but he was talking about it. And I said, ah, oh, I just feel like it's been taken away from me. And what, what am I going to do next? And I was, because I, I, I feel like I really talked to them lads about it. And Keith goes to me, because it was their farewell tour. He goes, uh, how do you think we fucking feel? It was like, you know, the boy's own's ending now. Like, I don't know if, uh, like, the fun might not rig and I might not do another gig. You know, I might not get a TV show. So he said this. Yeah. But that's where I was like, you feel like me in that. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. I'm yeah, like, yeah, but you're, yeah. the difference was obviously they, they were so big. The band was so yeah. big and by proxy, they became famous. Well, I, that wasn't, I was just in a show that was well known. Uh, but I was like, oh, well, that goes through your head as well, which I couldn't get my head around to start with. I was like, you're, you're, you're always going to be a millionaire. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like, listen, I, I need to work. Like, I, I want to know why, why that's, you know, uh, I don't yeah, know what's going to yeah. happen after this. Um, which, which kind of, a lot of it was a readjustment. Like I was saying with Shane doing stuff just to go get my mind in the right place to go. Ah, oh, like, just, just go out and make it happen or I'll push for the next thing. And I, I touch wood. It's been all right since then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did yeah. have to change my mind, but it was just weird to me to see that. Maybe they feel a little bit imposter syndrome sometimes. It was, I, I think we all do. Yeah. I think we all do, right? What's the biggest lesson you've 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 learned from that from that experience? Would you say? Oh, well, God, you know what? This is where I'm a dick. Like, I never learn any lessons. <laughs> I just save some money. Don't go spending it because you're not a rock star. Um, I, I don't know. Is is the truth of the matter? I. There's a lot of lessons to be learned in it. Is 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 uh, I'm sure, but I'd, what they are is I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly, I would have enjoyed it more. One thing that I would say is that the, the, the whole tour in life, I would have enjoyed more if I wasn't so worried that it was going to be taken away from me the whole time doing it. That, I was going to come to that because knowing that something will inevitably come to an end, right? It's so hard to enjoy it then. Yeah, because you're so worried about. Right, I've got two and a half months left now. Okay, yeah. I've got two months. Okay, now, now I've got a month left. And you, it's so hard to just be in the moment, right? And and weirdly for me is because you were plucked out of and, and not from that world, right? So I wasn't 
uh, I was a good driver. I was a, a well-known driver. So you're going, there's, there's guys out there, Ben Collins, there's the stick and things like that. He gets that sort of gig. Um, because I was like, oh, well, I'm suddenly here doing this gig. If I do something wrong, I, they're going to send me home. So you feel, if I stepped out of line in terms of, oh, excuse me, if I span in a routine, for example, I can say span the car, yeah. I feel like I'm mortified because I feel like they're going to go, do you know what? Just yet, go home. And exactly what you mean. The, the truth is they don't. So if I, if I'd have known that, I would have enjoyed it. I, I had the, the most amazing times. So I'm not saying yeah. I didn't, but I would have almost relaxed more and enjoyed every moment when I was in it. I was too in it yeah. and worrying about not being good enough <clears throat> that you didn't enjoy it as much. Because as you, you don't think you should be there in the first place. So exactly. it's like, you're just thinking, you know what? Like, um, as, as, as soon as they find out who I really am and as soon as they find out that I'm pathetic and I'm, I'm just a shit driver, then I'm off. 100%. So you're just constantly just trying to, in your head, you're just trying to hold on for dear life. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah 100%. And, and it's weird because not the, the, you never look at it the other way. It's like um, you do online stuff, right? So you're, yeah. you're, you, you, can, you can post a, a video and let's say for argument's sake, it's 100 comments. 99 comments will be, that was amazing. One goes, that Puts was you shit. Off. You only, you go, yeah, but someone thinks I'm shit. And you go, you, you never go, 99 people think I'm good. And that was me. I never go, I've got 20 years experience. I've got every right to be here. I, I'm, I'm good at it. I deserve you, this. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I've worked hard for this, man. Yeah. And, and I can do what you need me to do. Like, I'm good enough for this. You always look at the, oh, yeah, they're going to kick me out first because I don't know. Yeah. It's, I'm not quite good enough. Oh, I don't, I, I don't know. Whatever the, the, the thing is, yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. It, there was definitely a massive part of that that I, that I learned. There was some. Um, that, that, the fast definitely did for me. And that was a lot of that is because you're plucked into a world that you feel like you shouldn't be in. Yeah. Don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong. I loved every minute of it. Like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I soaked a lot of it. Like I was like, this is, I could have done that for the rest of my life. Like yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. perfect gig for me. You're traveling the world doing, uh, uh arenas anywhere between, you know, five and 15,000 people. And you know, this uh, performing in front of crowds like that and doing what you love doing. And you're driving movie cars and things was like, Shit, this is this is cool. I could carry on doing this for the rest of my life. And then from that to then suddenly finishing, and um, I mean, just just uh, and, and and then obviously you, you you found the gig in China, right? Yep. Um, to, to I guess like I I still get a bit of imposter imposter syndrome. Do you? Do you, do you yeah, of course. Yeah? yeah, of course. Yeah. And how ha, ha, how is that manifested? Like how how, how to kind of? I guess China, China not so much. And it was a really weird one because the show was much smaller than the show that I'd come off. Right, okay, I, fine, okay. I, I felt like, uh, and they wanted me. So they were it's like, listen, different. we want you for this gig. It wasn't like you were trying to push yourself in. It yeah. was like people coming to you, yeah. Yeah, they want you, which is, uh, which is then easy to go, okay, I own this position. Yeah. You, you want me? Yeah, um, I should be reckon, here. Yeah, which I, so I was cool with that. I just didn't necessarily like being out there. I was a bit like, this isn't the way I want to spend the rest of my life in the show. Right, right. So I wanted to get out of there. Um, and luckily, I came back from there and stepped straight into doing a, a show with Shane. Presenting it was my first time ever doing presenting. And I went into a show doing my what, dream what machine. What made you want to go and, and do presenting? What was the what was the kind of... Money. <laughs> I needed the job. Um, do you know, the, the reality was, um, I came back from China. And, uh, and I'll tell you exactly how I got the gig. I said to, I was talking to Shane and I said, listen, I, I don't want to go back to China. Like, uh, my contract had finished, but they were asking me to resign and I'd come back for however long, you know, like a break, three weeks, four weeks, whatever. I said, um, and I, I don't want to go back. Like, it's not a bit of me. 
And so they, they actually want you to, to, to stay back. Yeah, oh yeah, I could have stayed out. I could still be there now. Uh, well, yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, there's a few problems going on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about right now. Um, but yeah, they, they, I could resign and oh, do wow. six, I think six months, six, seven months at a time. You must have been really unhappy then to kind of think, you know what, like, I don't I've done it though. Ever... That was yeah. the other thing. I was like, it, it, isn't, it isn't the show I want to be in. Um, yeah. And I just didn't, I wouldn't say I was unhappy in terms of like, uh, you know, I hated it. I hated it. It was an awesome experience, but I'd done it and I knew it wasn't for me. But right. it's still cool. I'm the other side of the world, gigging, doing this big show. It's still cool getting to drive every day. Yeah. Still very cool. But I just knew it wasn't for me, that, that show. Right. Um, okay. Whereas with Fast and Furious, you did feel like this was, this is me. This yeah. is, this, this is what I'm born for. A hundred percent. Yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. type of show. And that was, the, the only problem was like saying the Fast, that a show like that didn't exist. So the only other thing that was like that is um, Top Gear Live. Yeah. That was another thing, but that was obviously ended. So yeah, there yeah, wasn't yeah. Uh, a, another show to step into. So this was kind of the next best thing. Tell you what it was like. Have you been to Disney? Yeah. It's, well, it's, my, my wife's been, and she's, she's, she's pretty much made me feel like I'm, 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 I'm there. Yeah, so, yeah. You've watched countless yeah. videos. Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a driving show at Disney. So it's very yes. much that. That's what I was basically in, like that. But um, it was a mixture of driving and cars, uh, sorry, cars and bikes and jet skis and yeah, all sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I came back from there and I said, I, I, I really don't want to go back. And so I said, look, I'm doing this gig. I've been, I've been offered a gig to do um, my Dream Machine. They want a co-presenter. Do you want to do it? And uh, I can put you up for it. And I was like... Well, I've never done that. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm any good. And he was, listen, you'll be fine. I'm going to put you forward for it. So I did, and, and I got the gig, and I came in, and it was petrifying. Is the, is the truth? It just, it sounds so different. Like, suddenly you, you're going from a place where, you know, you know what you're doing, right? You know, you know how to maneuver a car pretty well. And suddenly you're in front of a camera and you haven't tried to present. That must be such a different world, right? Well, it, yeah. It, it, honestly, it was, it was, well, the first couple of shows were horrible. If I'm honest with you, <laughs> just a scare. I was just petrified because you know what it's like. You know when you know your gig. If something goes wrong, you know how to style that out in a certain way. I didn't. I was literally like, if I could, someone behind the cameras were going, you know, they'd be like this, and I'm like, oh, they want me to speed up. They mean keep going or whatever. So I go, blah, and I was just petrified. Of, what do I do now? Or someone's holding up a sign about something, and I. It was, I didn't, I couldn't, I wasn't comfortable whatsoever. So I was just like this the whole time, looking at, <laughs> looking at Shane every time something goes wrong. I'm like, help. And luckily he's been on telly 25 years. And he's, uh, he's just relaxed. He's, yeah, and yeah, he can yeah. see me know, cause we've been pals for so long. He yeah, knows when yeah, I'm yeah. shitting my yeah, pants. Yeah, so he yeah, just yeah, takes yeah. the, he takes the reins. So I spent the first, certainly the first few episodes just staring at Shane blankly and him going, <laughs> Okay, because I'd forget what to say as well. I know rough, yeah, but I'll yeah, be talking yeah. about something. I had a giant board with like bullet points on it that I could see just behind the camera. I got like a really crap version of a, a you know, a, a monitor. Yeah. And, um, and so I'd be looking at the cheekbones, but I'd say I'd have like something written about this car. Oh, it's a great car, you know, 250 horsepower. And I, I don't know, my mind would just go blank and I'd be like, it's red. Uh, let's look at Shane and he'd go, yeah, the good thing was, and he could just go. And I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> So it was a, it was a learning curve that, but I actually loved it. I, once I got comfortable, loved yeah, it. And, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I, do you know what? Once I found me in it and I realized, oh, I can joke. Oh, I can just be yeah, me and talk. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I got a bit more comfortable at that point. Amazing. Um, I mean, it, it, it sounds like your, your life today, as you've described, it has been kind of finding, finding yourself, mm. right? Um, and 
I think we all go through that. We all go through finding our way through life. And I don't think we ever get there if, if we're always trying to find that thing. Um, but in the process, you kind of forget the the need to be in the present. And, so, and sometimes you, you're always <laughs> trying to rush towards that thing. And like it's, it's a bit like... Um, uh, like I mean, I've got a nine-month-old daughter now, and um, there's something about uh, you know in the process of going through many sleepless nights and whatever else, you have to kind of remind yourself, oh my God, I've got a daughter, like, I've, I've got a family. This, this is beautiful, and it reminds me of like life in general. Yeah. You're constantly rushing towards the next thing without taking a moment just to realize, oh my God, life. Is- I'm here now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. I tell you one thing that changed for me that that my whole mindset changed. While we were filming My Dream Machine, we've always, myself and Shane have actually always talked about owning a bar. We've always just said it would be a cool thing to do. While we were doing that, we both moved up. So he'd actually moved up north at this point. So we were both lived down, uh, not, not together, but we both lived down near Gatwick Airport. Right. Um, he had moved up to Cheshire and the, 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 My Dream Machine was filmed in Cheshire. While we're up here, we're like, Let, let's look at getting a bar. And so we did. So we both put some money up and, and bought into a bought bar. And what that did for me was, uh, it gave me the opportunity to go, okay, I have a safety net. If you like, I have a, some normality. I've got a business. That's my day to day. I can pick and choose the gigs I want to do. Um, because it, oh. I'm not now fighting for, I've got to take every gig. <clears throat> and I'll give you a prime examples. I was doing, I did a gig one time for Alpha Romeo and I, and I was doing some one to one training with Tom Cruise. Right. Oh, wow. Or again, yeah. like, what, how am I here? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible gig working with him. A very, very cool guy, by the way. And then three days later, I, I was in a wet, you know, field teaching rally driving to a bunch of dickheads that don't want to listen to me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I was like, how can I, I want to be able to do this. So now I can go, the phone rings. Um, I, I did take it. I took about a year out, which took, I was like, look, I'll get the bar running. I'll work on that for a little bit and then I'll go back to filming. And I was going to do like three or six months because I thought, I oh, ran in a bar, it'd be easy and it's not. So the, the, the bar, just to be clear, the, mm. the bar was your way of being able to have the luxury of being able to pick and choose what sort of gigs you do. Yes. It was supposed to be that as your sort of bread and butter. Yep. And then... That's my that's my business. So that's, that's, yeah. that's fundamentally... Um, like that's my day to day will be, you know, uh, in steering that ship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, but it gave me the ability that you're not going to chase each yeah. gig because if I went back to, I, I'd now be trying to take every single gig and I'd end up in China again, because if yeah, I want to yeah. drive every day, you end up having to do that. And before you know it, yeah, you're, you're, like, you're like this, you're 40 years old and you're going, okay, but you got, uh, you've got a house and a wife and kids. I go China. I don't have any of that. And then I, I come back and I have to stay on my dad's couch because uh, I've come back and never bought a house. That was one of the other things. I never bought a house. So what happened was I'd come back and I've lived like a rock star for six months. But all I'm doing is buying myself six months, living like a king. It's, uh, don't get me wrong. It's been awesome. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I thought I should like, you realize all of a sudden I'm like, shit, I'm that creepy old guy. <laughs> like, I, I need to settle down a little bit here and have a bit. I can still yeah, party. Yeah, I can yeah. still do this, but I've got a business and I, I can get up and go to work every day. Why? Why a bar? Was was there anything that particularly made you want to go down that that that, that direction uh, beyond obviously having the luxury? But I mean, of being able to choose. But mm. why specifically that that part of the? I spent so much time in the bastards anyway. I was on my own one, uh, <laughs> and in this way, that. I can't get kicked out. Is it? Um, the, the, the truth was, we used to um, 
But a, a very long time ago, Shane and I got involved and we, we, we owned a brand of vodka for a little bit. We tried our hand at doing oh, that. Oh, right. So okay. We've been friends for 15 years or more. Um, and we tried our hand at doing that. And, and we did okay out of that. And we sold out that a long time back. But it was, uh, we were selling it into bars and we just always said back then, be easier to own the bar than try to sell this product into that. And it was just, it's always been like a little niggling thing that we both said, be cool to own a bar. And, and realistically, the, the truth of the matter is, I'm still like a big kid. So <laughs> it was, Oh, that would be cool. Let's own a bar. It was, was most of it. Not that, that, you know, looking at spreadsheets saying this yeah. is the best business investment in the world. It was that more, that would be a cool thing to run. Let's buy a bar. And I kid you not, we turned up, we went to the, to the building that we're in now. And we said, uh, we took one hour. We went, we walked around and in that. We walked around the building, walked around the town. Uh, so it's in Nutsford. Uh, no Nutsford. Mm-hmm. So it's in Nutsford. We walked around the town. We're around, uh, within an hour went, yeah, we'll take it. Let's do it. Um, and then got the builders in, we did everything the way we wanted to. And then now we've got D13, which is Shane's place, Indeed, an Irish bar, yeah. Shane's yeah, old postcode. Yeah, 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 and yeah. That, but it was more of a, uh, one of the reasons I think it works well for us, the bar is because it's not very corporate is, is probably a lot of the word. It's a very fun bar and it's, it's owned and run by people that, we we know what we like so you're like that it's not everything's not done to be it's not done in a boardroom mm. and then you know that's operation of the bar we know what we like you go do you know what you need to have live music on in here let's let's do that you need people dancing on the tables let's do that like it's <laughs> it's fun yeah, and yeah, i think yeah, it's yeah. what nuts were needed as well and it's done in a nice way like it's yeah, not yeah, yeah, you know yeah. neither of us are you know it's 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 not a shithole for want of the better, yeah, you know, yeah, one yeah. of a better phrase. It's, it's very nicely done. So it's an Irish style bar. So it's, yeah. um, it's things violent, but it's not full diddly eye Irish. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just like, this will be cool. Let's do that. And, and I've luckily I've gone back to filming this year. Um, I was going to say, like, has it, has it been the case? Have, have you, is it still the case where that's designed to be your way of having some stability in the world whilst allowing you the, the ability to kind of, you know, do do the stuff which you would actually like to take on in in, in terms of in terms of gigs. Yeah, hundred percent. I I it's so it, it allows me to pick and choose those gigs. I also I'm like a caged animal. If I was just just doing the bar all the time, after a while I go a bit stir crazy. I have to get. Is that like you like as as a person? Yeah, you, know, you just have to have like a couple of things going on. Yeah, I have to. It, I feel like I'm held in one place. I have to go off and be in front of a bunch of people. Do, yeah, do something, yeah, do a big yeah, show, yeah, do yeah. something like that. Do something that I go, okay, I do this as well. I, you know, yeah. I do this. And, oh, excuse me, sorry. I'm just That's trying right. to turn the mic around. <laughs> um, I, one of the things was I was very, very conscious of, fundamentally, fundamentally uh, I'm a stunt driver that owns a bar. I was very, very conscious that I never wanted to peel away from that industry. That's what I do and that's what I've always been. I didn't want to be a bar owner that does a bit of stunt driving. And that was something that was always... Really? Incredible. Oh, 100%. 100%. Which is why I was desperate to get back to filming. And and this year I did two big movies. Um, I did uh, Batgirl and Murder Mystery 2, which is uh, Jennifer hey, Anderson, Adam Sandler right. film. And it was lovely to get back to doing that and going, okay, I, I can still do stuff here. You know what's really weird? You just say these names and like, you know, say, yeah, Jennifer Aniston, Tom Cruise. And like, it's like, dude, man, like it's freaking Tom Cruise. Hey, like... That, I'll be honest with you, out of all of them, Tom Cruise was, was that, that was the most surreal and the coolest and 
weirdest thing that ever happened. I, I didn't know that it was going to be with him necessarily at the start. You didn't know? I no, didn't I got know. a call. I got asked, we want to, Alfa Romeo are talking about, would you do this gig? And I was like, okay. And, and, and honestly, I was like, where is it? How much am I getting paid? What do you want me to do? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was very much like that. Yeah. And they said it's for eight VIPs, but we're going to shut the whole of Silverstone down, these eight VIPs. And I was like, well, wow, that's, that's big. And they were like, you can go the wrong way around the track. You can do what you like, the paddocks, everything. I was like, okay. Um, really bizarre. We were throwing the cars around, go out. These guys are standing there clapping. And I was just like, holy shit, you're Tom Cruise. And it was, I'll be honest with you, for the first hour, I just spent looking at him like this going, oh, you do look like you. Like, this is, you are you, aren't you? Um, then we were laughing because I was like, Dude, we got so much in common. I'm surprised we haven't met sooner. We're both into cars. We're both sex yeah, symbols, yeah. you know. Yeah. I can't believe we haven't crossed paths before. Um, How is it possible? I mean, <laughs> it was, um, he was, and, and you know what? He was, he was real cool. And I know a lot of people that worked with him on movies. Um, and I've heard mixed reviews and, and that, but listen, there's a lot on his plate. He's, you know, he's, he's Tom Cruise. But that, that's the funniest thing at the, the end of, we spent a couple of days and, and he was nothing but lovely. And there was never a moment where I wasn't starstruck, but you've got an air of professionalism. He's asking my opinion on the car and what we can do with really? this. Wow. Yeah. And, and it was a bit of a, it was a, to tell the truth, it was a really awkward situation because the car, wasn't technically fit for purpose. It wasn't, it, there was, it was a great car. It was, um, Alfred Rail's equivalent of an M3. I don't know what, right. the, uh, Juliet or something like that it was called. Um, what they wanted it to do, it, it didn't, like, it had a limiter on in reverse gear, so you couldn't change the uh, J turn. It was, it was, uh, well, you right. could, but it would only just happen. Um, cause it would only go to 12 miles an hour or something in reverse. You couldn't left foot brake in the car. It would cut it out. So right. it didn't have a, high, a handbrake in it. So I was like, look, it's not, but Alfa Romeo are actually paying the wages for the day. So you kind of got to spin it on his head and go, it looks beautiful. Like I'll give him the strong points <laughs> of the car. Um, to any manufacturers out there, I know one. <laughs> I can tell the dream. Um, it's, but at the end of it, we're, we're, we're all like, I'm standing there and he comes over and he, he shake hands and it was like, right. Bye. And I was like, yeah, take care. See ya. And he starts to walk off. And I just went, oh, it was nice to meet you. And he turns around, comes walking back and goes, no, man, it was nice to meet you. And at that moment, I turned into a 12 year old girl. I was like, oh, thank you, Mr. Cruz. Thanks so much. Thank you. I was sorry about this. I was like, dude, man up, man up. What are you doing? Like, Come on, said, yeah, keep yeah, it. Keep yeah, Graham. I was like, thank you, Mr. Cruz. It's so sweet of you. Thank you. Oh, I, started, I could have, like, literally, as he walked off, I just went red. I was like, you dick. Man what are you up. doing? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was awful. But yeah, he literally turned me into a little girl like that. And I was like, oh, yes. And, and that, that was, but that, again, that was one of the most surreal moments of my life. And I was like, dude, I shouldn't be here. How am I doing yeah. this? And he's asking my opinion on stuff. Is he, like, is, is he into his cars as much mad. as like, people think he is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Huge cargo and a really good pilot. Like, he drives yeah. well. Like, he's good. Um, he was the part of the brief that I was told on this was that he's very much, listen, at the end of the day, he's the boss, right? So if he wants to do something, let him do it. Um, And and I remember we sat in the car at one point, he said something, and I was like, listen, you're the boss, man. You want to do that? Whatever, (laughs) man, you do do what you like. Um, Who's going to say no to Tom Cruise, you know? Um, But he's, he he would go around, but if it, what they were saying is, if it doesn't do what he wants it to do, he doesn't know the adjustment 
to, so he, if he wants it to go sideways, it does. For example, um, you if I go right, okay, give it a flick here, do this, it, then it'll work. He'll go, no, don't do it how I want it to do it. And and I was like, I oh, don't blame him. Like it's Tom Cruise. Why would you not go give me another one? Then do it. You don't change it. So I think yeah. where he's got so many different skill sets. That bloke yeah, that yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. an A star driver, but he's an A. Like yeah, he's up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And and he was good, and he weren't shy. Like he gave it. To, like it was yeah, on the money. Yeah, yeah. yeah we went around yeah. the track, and we were doing some sliding around, and that, and he yeah, and he drives. Like it's impressive because you're like. Yeah, like you're sitting there going like, holy shit, you're Tom Cruise and you're driving, you can drive. I like you, I like you, you're a cool guy. It's, it was weird. Amazing, amazing. Um, I want to, I want to flip back to the bar for a second. Actually. Yeah. I mean, launching a new business is, is always really tough, right? Sure. Um, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I think, I think I read that you were launching like, during COVID. Yeah. Is that, is that right? Yeah. That must have been <laughs> interesting to some degree. We, so yeah, 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 you're not wrong. It was, we decided to do it. We took the lease on of the building. We then, it was an empty building. So we had to do everything. Uh, there was, with, we'd be the first to admit there was a lot of mistakes made that we went, okay, we'll build a wall there. Oh, actually, I don't like that. Take that down, build it over there. You know, it was, we didn't know what we were doing. Essentially, we had an idea. We want a bar and this is roughly what we want to do. Um, but as COVID, because COVID was in, we could still do the building work on it. Right. Okay. And when we actually opened, we could only open the garden. Luckily, when was that? That's like 2020, was it 2020? 2020, yeah. When it started, yeah. you could go in the gardens and it was a beautiful summer. So we actually had it off. It was great. So the moment we opened, we were real busy. And our garden, one of the good things at D13 is that the bar, the, the garden there is awesome. Right. So we have right. bands outside on the roof. We got a bar outside with a band oh, on wow. the roof. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And it really, yeah. really worked for us. And while we were outside doing that, we we're getting the builders inside to finish off the inside. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, okay, okay. So when it kind of lifted, we, we were kind of ready to go. We were a little bit late to the game, but we were ready to go. But the, the, the luckily, you know, touch wood, it's worked and it's good. But the truth of the matter was, we didn't know. A lot of people saying, "What are you doing this for?" The, you know, yeah, the industry yeah, screwed. Yeah. It's it's not. But that's, how, but, but that's how many people think, right? Like, what what strikes me about you is you're you're different in the sense that a lot of people like to overanalyze and overthink before they make a decision, right? And I'm always in this space where I've had to train myself to stop thinking like that and just say, oh, "Just just do it." Right. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like you you know to in 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 the case of the bar, you know, it was like. Seemed like a great idea. It's, mm-hmm. what's, it's what you and Sean obviously talked about a lot, but you never had a a proper sketched out vision in your head as to what you wanted it to be and how it would look, and it kind of organically developed as you as you went along. Is that is that is that That's right? One hundred percent right. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And, and and the truth of that is, right, I'd come back from trying to hide a bit of money to put up. Now Shane's got, you know, he's, he's a pop star. He's got fuck you money. He goes, like, <laughs> what's the point in having fuck you money if you can't do what you want? So he yeah. was like, look, I'll put some money up. I went, I'll put in mine. Um, I'll, I'll I'll be there and and do the running. So he's essentially backed me to do it as well. So he's put up, he's put more more than I have. Um, but it went. Let's let's do it. And both of us are of the same ilk, if you like that. You just gotta go for it and do these things because yeah. I'm, I'm like pretty much dyslexic when it comes. I can't look at spreadsheets and things like that. It's not, it's not in me. Yeah. Uh, so what's the point in us doing that? And you can convince yourself either way. Um, you know, if I sat there in front of it, I could go, look, it's going to turn over five million quid a year. You can make it look like you want it to work and go, it's going to turn over five quid a year. 
but that's just on a spreadsheet. You know, I got, to me, I was like, listen, how do I get people through the door? That's all I cared about was how do I get people through the door? Shane was very much into all he cared about is how's he going to look? Right. Which is very, very different. He's really, that's all he cares about. Whereas I don't give a shit about how it looks. To a degree, that, that came out get, wrong. Get money <laughs> but, in the bank. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, all I care about is, Dude, how do we get people in through the door? Yeah, that's yeah, uh, because yeah. if no one comes through the door, it doesn't matter how it looks. He's like, no one comes through the door if it doesn't look right. So well, that's like a pretty complementary set of skills there, right? Lucky. A complementary set of visions there. I mean, you know, one, one, you, you can't do one without the other, right? A hundred percent. And it's probably why we've been close over the years because we've, we got a, a, a good, we're, we're, we're very opposite. You look at the guy, he's all tattered up and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah. one. Um, but we, we both know each other very well like that. So I know where his strengths are. He knows what mine are. So he's like, don't I know you can get people through. Do I believe what you're saying? And but let me make it look like this. And I go, cool. I know you're better at making it yeah. look like you'll, you'll make it better than I will. Um, let me see if I can sell it. Uh, there's no shortage of struggling partnerships, right? There's husband and wife teams. There's family businesses. There's even, you know, people like yourself who are in a partnership with, you know, good, good friends. And I mean, friendships break. Over business, yeah. right? Families break over business, yeah. right? When you look back at the last the last couple of years and being in partnership with someone, what would you say has been one of the key things that has enabled this to work in, in terms of working as partners? It's, uh, I, I guess, knowing each other for a long time, and I know that a lot of these people don't, but it's, there's a good one of it with is respect for each other. I think we respect yeah. each other a lot, but there's no shortage of, listen, I've messed up along the way. Um, there's times where, you know, I, I was partying way too much. I'd met a girl and I was, you know, I was out partying all the time with her. Um, and, and he wrote me a new one, right? It was the truth, rang me up and he's like, listen, you're, you're like my brother and you're going to, you're going to ruin it all for yourself. Um, but in a strong fashion, like here, there's, there's no, He's, you know, he's a big Irish man at the end of the day. Like, he's going nuts at me. I'll shit myself. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, but I think there's, uh, there's, there's no shortage of, dude, stop being a prick. Do this. If yeah, we, yeah, we're very yeah. much like that to each other to a degree. If, if someone was being, someone had done something and I know I messed up. So he, I was like, do you know what? Cool. So neither of us are, are beyond. Uh, oh, I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, both of us coming not knowing what we're doing, and the other one goes, "Dude, you're not doing this. This needs. I think we need to change this. We'll just talk about it." I think. Uh, so I guess, in a roundabout way, so communication was a good thing yeah, that we both. Yeah, yeah. But we, we we're not scared to say to each other like, oh, "Come on now, let's well, let's yeah. change this," or "This isn't working," and you decided to do this, but that's we got to change that. That doesn't work. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I guess and, and and other than that, the truth is, I don't know. Um, yeah. We we were just. We've hung out loads. We do what we do. We just do what he does. What he does, I do what I do, and it's just, it, it yeah. seems to touch what it seems to work. Yeah, I guess yeah. the problems, the truth about the problems, will come if it's not working. Yeah, because yeah, once yeah. then there's no money to fight over if you like or something like that. That's I was, when I was problems say, happen, right? Because often problems start when the shit is the fan, right? And it's like that. That to me is a true test of character and resilience, right? Yeah. When you've got the worst stuff happening in the world, right? And it's like, you know, I'm sure you've got, I'm sure you've been through some crazy ass low points rather than being after. Yeah, years, yeah, yeah. Right? But that's when you're like, you, it, it feels like when you're in that moment where it's just, everything seems to be going wrong. It, it, it can, it can make or break you. Right. And the same thing for business, right? You know, when in a struggling situation, I bet that partnership would really be tested, right. And test to its core. Uh, but I'm, and I'm, I'm guessing COVID 
kind of did that in, to, to some degree because I guess the last thing you want to do when you're opening a business to have COVID happen. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, that must have been quite a... Because quite a, quite we, we did it while COVID was there. It, it kind we, of worked it, out. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't that we were open and then we, all of a sudden COVID came in. We were kind of like... In hindsight, and again, this wasn't particularly planned like this, but in hindsight, when we looked to do it, we're like, okay, let's do it now. Um, we might as well, we're both here. Let's look at a bar now. And... Hopefully we get a good deal on one now. Like, cause... what's been the what's what's been the toughest the 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 toughest point the toughest thing for you on that journey to build a to to build a bar with the bar with the bar yeah yeah yeah. Um, I don't know. Like it's it's a learning curve because it's a whole new world. Um. Ah, uh, jeez, oh, I, I, I don't know. It's the, the whole thing. It's a lot, it's a lot more than I thought it would ever be. It's a lot more involved than you ever thought. There's always right. something goes wrong. There's yeah, always yeah, yeah. something, you know, I, yeah. in my head. And this is my naivety. It's, I, I looked at it, you know, it'd be like building a car. Once you put the engine in and the wheels on and it'd everything, be all right. Yeah. You just then drive it, but it's not, it, you come out, it's got a flat tire. Oh, this, it needs oil train. It's got this. See, this is broken. There's always something gone wrong. With it. And that's the, the reality of this business. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I thought it'd be, I could just sit back now and do nothing. Yeah, you, you yeah, know, in yeah. your head, like, I didn't think it would be that easy, but I thought you could coast and yeah, it would be all right. Yeah, you can't yeah. ever take your foot off the gas. Um, and, and it's a very, very quick business. This is the other thing I've found. It's quite a high turnover with bars. So you can, the difference between, uh, and I'll pick random numbers. You can have a shit week and that might be, say, 10 grand and a good week might be 15 grand. But you have two shit weeks. That's ten grand in two weeks. That you're less. Mm-hmm. So you're like mm-hmm. bollocks. All of a sudden, that's a big chunk you're out. That you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, which I was never used to. That I knew what gigs I had. I knew what I was getting paid for those. And it was sort of do a day, get paid for that day, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Whereas now I was like, holy shit. You know, I go, oh, that was a bit of a shitty month. But you're forty grand less than you thought. You know, like, and I'm like, forty grand, like. I don't want to swallow that. That's too much. Like that's, you know, that, does that make mm, sense? It was, mm. it was that, that, suddenly that high turnover. It was, it's fast. You have a good week. So there's more money, but then it's, it's very easy for that shit week to turn into two weeks. Yeah, and that's yeah, all of a sudden yeah. a big chunk of money gone yeah, or, or a big yeah, chunk yeah. of money that you didn't make that you thought you were going to make or something like that. So that was a bit of a learning curve for yeah, me. I must yeah, say. Yeah. As is most of that bar industry. I hadn't poured a pint in my life. Where I did that. <laughs> so, um, now I've got a bar and I still haven't poured one. <laughs> Drunk shitloads, though. <laughs> um, I guess uh, before we go on to, uh, we have a little game to play very quickly. Okay, before, sure. Before, before we go on to that, um, uh, I guess um, if you've got um, someone who is um, in that place where you know they've 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 had some success um, and they're now lost, feeling confused, feeling anxious, worried, whatever, um, as someone who's been in that place before. What would be your your advice for anyone out there right now who's kind of yeah just feeling a little bit kind of lost in a world where you know um, they thought that that they had everything and suddenly it goes I, th- like I think that. opportunity presents itself to the busiest person. If you're out there, as as much as you might feel like you're flogging a dead horse at some point, yeah. it's not happening. Opportunity presents itself to the busy man. So uh, if I was very lucky when to get out of that, but I, I was still out, whether it was helping my mate move, whether it was doing you were keeping busy. silly yeah, gigs yeah, at places, yeah. whatever I was doing, I was doing stuff because if I sat at home, before you know it, it's very, very, and I'm the worst for this, right? Otherwise, before you know it, it's you don't wake up till 11 o'clock 
And then you go to bed much later. Then oh, before you know there. it, I'm in a bad cycle. So I don't, true. I can't get out of bed till three o'clock in the afternoon. And then I'm like, oh, geez, it's vodka on the cornflakes because you've got nothing else yeah. to do. And then it's that perpetual cycle. The your, your habits are formed around that point in time when you're, you know, when you're thriving and things are going well. And suddenly you take that away. And it's, it's amazing how, for example, like, um, smokers, right? You know, um, someone who quit smoking um, and then a bad thing happens in their life and it's the one thing they resort back yep. to, right, is smoking or drinking or whatever it is, right? And the same thing goes back, just habits generally, right? You take that thing away and you start to back into, into bad habits, right? 100%. And I think you have to just go, right, just, just knuckle down and do stuff. Like, do stuff. That's that's the main thing. Yeah, if you, if you, the more yeah. you sit and go... No, I'm not great at the moment. It's you end up in a perpetual cycle, and 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 I was there, and that's where Shane went. No, listen, come with me. We're moving house, and it was all things. I remember he was getting me to do things like he was doing the uh, like when Britain's Got Talent and things like that, and they go um, like as a guest, and he's like, I'll tell you what, do you, do you want to come with me? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I'll tell you what, and he, and he tells them, um, I want instead of sending a driver, I, I want my tour manager to take me. You know, I want my driver to take me. So they, they paid me. So that his agent speaks to them. They paid me. So I would get paid to do these just silly yeah, things. So he yeah, go, yeah. it's a job now. Listen, you, yeah, you've got a job. Yeah, you're driving me yeah. tonight. I would have done it anyway. I was yeah, going there. He yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. get me busy. Right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I knew I needed to earn money as well. Like I'm the same as everyone. I came out of that and I did all right, but I wanted to, I need to do it to earn money. Um, but keep him busy because before you know it, you end up disappearing up your own hole. <laughs> you know, you're like, so true. Um, I'm just, uh, and it, and then no opportunity. And then you sit there going, oh, no, I can't get a job. I can't get a gig. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not out there. Like put yourself out there. And, and you, you can spend, listen, you can spend ages. I spent three months pissing about thinking I can't get a gig. Uh, and then the next minute I'm in China and the next minute I'm doing the, you know, the moves in France yeah, yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. know, the shutdown of Champs Elysees and, and the Dark to Triumph. And I'm driving around that, doing the, 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 all these driving shots around there for a big Hollywood movie. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. supposed to do that, but I was, I was out there. I put myself in a position where they went, do you want this gig? Um, Can I ask, right? Um, it, it, it sounds like, right, your, your life, you know, the, the, the path you've, you've chosen and strive so hard to hit, which is a career in, in the automotive space, there is no prescribed route, is there? There's no career path per se, right? And so it kind of feels like you're constantly just trying to keep keep getting a hit from that space, right? And um, I suppose for me, like, there's there's something about, do you ever, does it ever hit you? Nathan, you know what? I'm, I'm done with the this constant kind of... Um, instability in my life like I just want to get a normal job sit down have have that paycheck every single month and live what is a normal life that, that does that ever come yeah. into your head yeah uh yeah all the time for about <laughs> five seconds right and then you go all right and, and I, go, I, I can't do it yeah I, I think I, it's probably a completely wrong vision in my head but i feel like that's like torture I, I i have it in my head if i had to go to work nine to five and do this and not like that to me is like oh geez i have to do myself in i couldn't i couldn't live like, it's probably i see it probably is a lot worse than it actually is yeah, um yeah, you know yeah. you can see a guy you can have a, a girlfriend and if you haven't got you might go oh that'd be a nightmare because you can't go out when you want to it's, like, it's actually not that bad when you're with something you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, it, i have that sort of thing so i probably see it as worse but yeah all the time i think 
when when you get a kick in the nuts every now and again, something's not gone right. You know, you lose your gig like fast. You go, this is yeah. bullshit. Why do I keep trying it? Why do I keep doing this? And I get a kick in the nuts, and then I go, all right, what, what's my other options? Yeah, I ain't doing that. I, I can't do nine to five. I can't do that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's just a lot of that is again. It's, it's I'm, I've said this before. I reckon I'm a poster child for ADHD. <laughs> it's because I, I couldn't do that. I just I'd rather. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about this actually recently. Sorry to, to, to just digress no, on that. No, no, no. And he said, um, I was saying, he's he's done very well. And he's, he owns his own business and he's got a beautiful house and he's got a wife and kids and everything. And um, we was talking about stuff and he's always he's always saved money and he's always been very good like that. Whereas I'm the complete opposite, right? I was always like, no, I'm a rock star. Oh, I've got, got 10 grand for doing that gig. Why don't buy champagne in the bar? Like, um, but I went... We, the difference between us, we were talking, he sold cars for a while. And I said, I was always the person that, if they went to me, listen, you get no basic whatsoever. We'll give you a hundred quid a car or we can guarantee you three grand a month. He took the three grand a month. I'd go, bullshit. And I didn't mind working from nine till nine, like so nine till midnight. Cars on a, on a and then consistently, I'd only sell five cars and end up with 500 quid, right? And he's getting three grand. But I couldn't do the, I, I couldn't do the commitment. Really? Yeah, it's really weird. I was, yeah, that's, and, and it's, in hindsight, when I look back, it's probably the, the, the least productive way I could have done it, but I couldn't do it any other way. At least uh, you know, like, but you know what it is? It sounds like you've actually embraced it. Like you, people aren't self-aware enough. I think people would do so well to just sit back and look at who they are and yeah. fit their life around who they are rather than trying to pretend to be someone else. I, I'm with you hundred percent. And I think where it all stems from, um, cause I've thought about this actually, really enough, a lot of times that, I think the route when you take is obviously you go to school, right? No one ever tells you, um, I uh, like uh, you, you, I don't know. So you do maths class. No one ever, I, I was just like, you're making me do maths. Why? So I had no desire to learn it. If they went, what car do you want to drive when you're older? And I went Ferrari and they go, right. So you're going to need to, that car's going to cost you a thousand pounds a month in order to have that. You're going to have this and you're going to have to earn, you know, pay VAT. I'd have had some, if they put it another way, or they looked at what my strengths were and went, you're never going to be a doctor, right? You, you can't do, you, you, you're not going to be able to study, but you might do something in performing arts. Yeah. Uh, but they, that was an option. They went to me, oh, you like being around general public. You're going to work in a shop. Yeah, that's still the case now. Like, I have this, I have this big gripe with the system here in, in education. It's like, I think, I think we tried to put people in boxes and, and tried to, give them everything they need to hit that box without trying to actually understand who we are as people and, and try to get, you know, we should have more artists, more painters, more, you know, yeah. um, rather than trying to hammer in algebra, right? I'm Nothing wrong with algebra. I think math is great, yeah. you know, but it's great for a specific type of person who wants to achieve a specific type of thing. Yeah. Uh, for others, you know, um, it, it's, it's no coincidence that half the people who run the biggest tech companies in the world are college dropouts, right? Zuckerberg yeah. and, you know, friggin' Steve Jobs and whoever else, right? <laughs> College or university wasn't really for them, right? And do you think, when, if you see a guy pulling a petrol station in a Ferrari, not one person goes, oh, I bet he did good at school. <laughs> right? You go, I bet he owns a big company or yeah. I bet he's a footballer or, so, yeah. or, you know, I bet he's an actor or so. No one goes, oh, I bet he worked really, really hard for that or, or, you know, I bet he did, you know, really good. I bet he got a degree, right? They go, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. go, Jesus Christ, I bet he does something, you know. Uh, something he, really he cool and exciting. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, which is the route I, I was always like, um, I thought I was too clever for the system. Right? And they said, so by far, they like, couldn't be any further from the truth. But I was like, listen, my teacher's telling me, you've got to learn maths and English. And I'm like, you, you know, you're driving a Fiesta. 
I want a Ferrari while I'm listening to you. That was um, you, right? Yeah, I was that kid. So, yeah, 100%. Um, and listen, it's ruined my life ever since thinking that. Like, and I, I, I've been fairly fortunate. But don't get me wrong, I, I, so I've had many times where I'm bummed out on you know, my mate's couch um, and stuff and things weren't great for me. And at least I'm, yeah. not, no, I'm not by any means successful now. I don't think I, I've just managed to have a very cool life in my eyes. I think it's very yeah, cool because yeah, yeah. there's some really cool shit. But um, I'm very thankful. I've always got to buy. I've always paid my bills and I've, yeah, I've had a great yeah, time. Yeah. And I've probably been into a lot of situations where I shouldn't have been. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's been kind of cool. So I think, but no one ever teaches you that side of it. No, no, so you're not good at that. You should be good at this. So, I mean, that, that idea of you'd be the sort of person who would take the, uh, sell the five cars, hundred pound each rather than get a set. That's, 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 that's such a good way of putting it, um, in terms of who you are as a person. And, uh, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of, of many other people who would think like that as well. Um, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Right. Are you ready? I'm ready for this. Yeah, go on. Yeah, no idea what to expect. <laughs> no idea, yeah. So when you said there's a game, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, 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 man. Um, so basically, we've got, you recognise the format of this. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So going to stay up and you the top. You got like a Top Gear leaderboard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm going to put three minutes on the clock. Three minutes? Oh, God. Yeah. Right, okay. If you speak to any of my ex-girlfriends, I can do a lot in that time. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm going to ask you a set of questions, right? Right. Um, right, let's do... Dude, that's the coolest stopwatch I've ever seen in my I life. Know, right? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> we're going to stick it in, and we're going to put three minutes on, and... You're going to try and get as many questions right. So it's like quick fire. Yeah, quick okay. fire rounds, right? It's multiple yeah, yeah, yeah. choice as well. Oh, okay. And um, it's all car based. So. Oh, jeez. Okay, right. This, this is where I lose my career. Yeah, I got no. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> In three, two. Uh, let's start here, actually. Right. Three, two, <laughs> one. What famous person oversaw the development of the F40? Sylvester Stallone, Al Capone, Mussolini, Enzo Ferrari. Enzo Ferrari. Um, what lightweight material is predominantly used throughout the Carbon fiber. Phase chassis? Uh, what position in the cabin does the driver sit in the McLaren F1? In the what, middle. Uh, what method did Chrysler use to assemble the Dodge Vipers? Uh, robots, hybrid, robots, hand, or 3D printing? Robots, hand? Robots, oh. hand, uh, 3D printing... Uh, or robot-human hybrid? Oh, robot-human hybrid. Let's try. Um, I don't know What was one. Porsche's supercar from, from the 80s? Uh, 944, 959, 955, or 907? Oh, good. 944? Uh, what Koenigsegg set production car speed of 270 miles per hour? CCX, Travita, Gira RS, Gira S. I'm going to CCX. I don't know any car. I know what they look like, but I don't know so any I, of them. Which Lamborghini model named... Name means devil in Spanish. Aventador, Diablo, Cantash, Mayura. Oh, uh, tell me the names again. Aventador, Diablo, Cantash, Mayura. It's got to be Di- uh, Vend- uh, Diablo. It's got to be Diablo. Uh, which manufacturer produces Zonda? Lamborghini, Ferrari, Pagani. Uh, what was the body of the first Honda Acura NSX, NSX made of? Uh, aluminium, ash, high strength steel, carbon fiber. Uh, aluminium, was it? 
where did Celine get the engine for the S7? Ferrari, Ford, Maserati, Mercedes? No, I said Mercedes. Okay. Uh, what two technologies on the Ferrari 458 Italia helped to boost handling performance? ABS and traction control, EDIF and F1 track, ABS and electronic brake force distribution, torque vectoring and ABS. Uh, the, what was the second one? Uh, EDIF and F1 track. That. What country does the Noble M600 come from? Japan, Britain, South Korea, Argentina. Britain. How many Aston Martin 177 supercars were made? 50, 12, 70 or 77? 77, surely. What was the first model year for the Lamborghini Countach? 1982, 1974, 1984, 1986-84? Uh, what record did the Jaguar XJ220 achieve at the beginning of production? Longest supercar, heaviest supercar, fast production car, most aerodynamic body for a production vehicle? I'm going to say fastest production car. What was the first supercar from Japan? Nissan Fairlady Z, Toyota 2000 GT, Honda S600, Mitsubishi Evo. Sorry, go, go them again. Uh, Nissan Fair Lady Z, Toyota 2000 GT. It's got to be that Fair Lady, surely. Uh, what is the chassis code for the BMW M1 E23, E1003, E57, E26? As well, what was that again? What is the chassis code for the BMW M1? Jesus, uh, no one knows the answer to that. <laughs> uh, the, the B. <laughs> what was the project name for the, for the Ferrari La Ferrari? F150... Oh. oh, dude, they were tough. They were tough. <laughs> I've just realised how little I know about it. This is why I drive cars. I don't know none of that I stuff. Don't, I don't know what they are. Like. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. How many wheels they got? Oh, I thought it's going to be easy. Like, how many wheels they got? And show me some badges or something. I was like, oh, I got this. I'm last. I'm definitely last on that list. Let's have a look. Well, try and guess how many questions you actually answered. Twelve. Uh, so you got to 17 questions. Okay, okay. Oh, this is the tragic bit. I wish you understood that. Oh, no. 17, then it's out of 17. It's like, three. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, God. So what would be your... Uh, where do you think you kind of... Uh, you came out of I, I definitely last. That was... They were tough. And there was, I'll be honest with you. At least 50% of that, I just went, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely last. But there's three of us on that list, so I'm third. I'm in the top three, right? So I'm happy with that. That's what I would tell everyone. I'll tell you, I'm in the top three of that. So it wasn't, it wasn't that bad, actually. It wasn't that bad. Um, all right, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Nathan. <clears throat> okay, forget the auditions I went through. This is one of the toughest things I've ever been in. <laughs> If you add a few more, I'm going to take you down to our bar and give you as much drink as you like. Nathan, you got 12 out of 17. Did I? Yeah. I'm actually, where does that put me on the list? All right, I'll take second place. I'll take that. I would take that. There it is. <laughs> who's, who's, who are the other guys on there? Uh, we've got uh, Shazad Sheikh, who's a uh, motor journalist, um, and Nicola Hume, who works for um, uh, Auto Express magazine. Uh, and, yeah, so Congratulations to them as well. Yeah, Fair yeah, play yeah. to them. Jeez, they were tough questions them, so <laughs> I'll go for them. Oh, that, that was good Not fun. That bad. was good fun. Um, Nathan, honestly, um, I cannot express in words um, how... 
glad and amazed that we finally got it to work. Um, thank you so much. Thank uh, you for having me. Journey. Uh, it's been a long time coming, but I'm glad we finally got there. And uh, yeah, again, just thank you so much. No, thank you for having it. me. It's been a real pleasure thank to be on your podcast, much, man. man. Thank you thank so you much for having man. me.